Welcome back to New Rockstars. The Mandalorian season two is upon us and this is the way to watch with uh, two sweaty nerds learning how to feel and predicting what the weekly Baby Yoda gif is gonna be. So let's recap everything you need to remember from season one of The Mandalorian and break down the big questions heading into season two. And uh, by the way, welcome to New Rockstars official Mandalorian after show, Wookie Leaks. It's gonna drop on New Rockstars YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast. I'm Eric Boss. Here with me is Tommy Bechtold. Yes, hey, buddy. Hello. The force is strong with you, young Eric. I uh, I sensed oh, a great uh -oh. disturbance this morning, but uh, it turned out it was just the people destroying my roof uh, unannounced. Uh, my landlord did not let us know, but uh, there are some very nice gentlemen tearing that roof apart right now. So Hey, I got some uh, noisy leaf blowers going nice. on outside. The world of Star Wars is loud, clunky, and messy, and that's how we <laughs> that's love it. That's right. Absolutely. So in these weekly after shows, Tommy and I will be going into our immediate thoughts after these Mando episodes, the deeper layer of meaning that you might have overlooked in it, and some big questions going forward. I'm going to be doing a whole separate video breaking down the Star Wars Easter eggs and visual details you missed from each episode. Those more in-depth breakdowns will come out the next day, but in this preview episode at the start of the season, we are going to give you a refresher on everything you need to know heading into the season so that you can be the smartest expert among your roommates and family text threads to explain what the hell the dark Saber mm -hmm. is. So, Tommy, why don't you remind us what went down in season oh, one? Oh, I would be delighted. Ooh, the anticipation <laughs> when that first opening scrawl, not scrawl, you know what I mean, when the Lucas films thing flashed across oh, the yeah, screen. Oh, yeah, the little green I, shimmering, ooh, the emeralds. I still yeah, oh, remember yeah. the feeling. The Mandalorian is set five years after the return of the Jedi, when the New Republic is technically in charge, but old Imperial loyalists still exert some influence. We meet a masked bounty hunter who we call Mando, and uh, Carl Weathers also calls Mando, uh, though we later <laughs> learn his name is Din Djarin. He works for Grief Karga, as I just mentioned, head of the Bounty Hunter Guild on the planet Navarro. Mando is a badass, undeniably. He's, uh, he's, he's yeah. got, he's like, I mean, in my opinion, it was like, oh, this is like Boba Fett if they had the technology to do good special effects. Like, all the cool things Boba yeah. Fett did for like five seconds in the Star Wars movies, Mando did in the first episode ten times better. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're a comedian cameo like Horatio Sands in yes. the pilot, he will drag you in and freeze you in That's carbonite, no questions right. asked. Ooh, carbonite. Uh, sometimes I need a nap and I think it doesn't sound so bad. Other times it <laughs> appears to be painful and the blindness afterwards is a bit of a deterrent. Anyway, Mando goes to Arvala 7 to capture a 50-year-old target revealed to be the child, the last time we're going to call him that, or them, them that, <laughs> yeah. uh, an infant member of Yoda's species, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, the breakout star. Baby Yoda. Yes. Oh, baby Yoda. Baby Yoda helps Mando survive a Mudhorn so he can retrieve its egg to trade with the Jawas for his ship parts he needs in order to Suga. repair. Yes. Suga. <laughs> That's what I say with coffee every morning. Suga. Yes. Suga. Absolutely. After initially turning over Baby Yoda to Werner Herzog's client character, Mando has a change of heart and bravely rescues the child. He's helped by fellow Mandalorians who all cover their faces, chant, this is the way, and seek to recover their native Beskar medal stolen from their people after a mysterious purge. Mando teams up with Cara Dune, an ex-rebel shock trooper and very problematic Twitter personality, to liberate farmers from an ATST. 
Meanwhile, on Tatooine, he loses bounty hunter assassin Fennec Shand to a to a mystery figure. He's betrayed by a mm-hmm. gang of criminals during a mission to rescue one of their own from a New Republic prison, but he gets them blown up by X-Wings as a, a nice karmic <laughs> revenge. He reunites with Blurg Herder Quill and reformatted assassin droid IG-11, Taika Waititi, uh, really shining. Uh, yeah. Really doing some good voice work. They return to Navarro, oh, yeah. but it's a trap! Uh, and Kuil dies. <laughs> Stormtroopers and Imperial Moff Gideon surround them. We see Mando's face paying all that sweet, sweet bucks to Pedro Pascal. We're going to show his face <laughs> a little bit. And we learn he was a refugee from the Clone Wars, taken in by Mandalorians as a foundling. They escape, and Mando's armorer gives him a new signet, the Clan of Two with the Mudhorn Sigil. She charges him to reunite the child with its native species and to find the Jedi. They manage to take down Moff Gideon's TIE fighter, but in the final shot, Gideon emerges from the wreckage, wielding the Darksaber, the sacred <sighs> ancient sword of the Mandalorian people i truly a shocking moment eric what were your takeaways oh, from yeah. season one uh tommy i think you and i agreed we we didn't do this kind of format after last season i just kind of did quick easter egg breakdowns then but uh i think one thing we all loved about the mandalorian is how it felt like a, a restoration and what we all loved about star wars when we first found it it was just kind of this grounded simple dirty mm-hmm. <laughs> outlaw story uh without all this like um bloodline prophecy and uh and mythology that is an aspect of the star wars universe that i deeply love but there i feel like we got away from that with the prequel trilogy with the sequel trilogy even when it seemed like the sequel trilogy was returning to that everyone ended up being related to someone else uh which kind of bums some people out uh but this one really kept things simple and i think that's one thing we liked about it while doing just enough for the star wars diehards to pepper in those uh those broader universe easter eggs like the dark saber to where fans watching that and like oh he's just got a scary looking sword but like people were watching the animated series like no no no, no. no. that is the dark saber that, it is so crazy that he has that is it. an important uh, sword a very important sword important <laughs> sword um but i think more than anything at this series core is a theme of tribe uh mm. in a good way so the reason mando keeps going back to say baby yoda even though it goes against all of his instincts is that that these two characters are both lost orphans in a very cruel world mm-hmm. like they both begin the story anonymous like their names came from what we mm-hmm. called them in the universe of the show we never really learned their names until we learned in Jaren in episode 8 uh, it's interesting how Mando is even an outsider to his fellow Mandalorians he's like a lone wolf he doesn't have a mm-hmm. signet yet uh, but not until he finds Baby Yoda does his life have purpose a reason to fight a family mm-hmm. uh, and that's what the armorer recognizes at the end of the season by giving Mando his signet of the mud horn the clan of two mando's whole identity now is based on his bond with this child mm. and i love there was a moment in the final episode where the cinematography links the two refugees journeys so you have young din Djarin in the flashback rescued by mandalorian death watch we think uh and he was peering over the armored shoulder down at the world he was leaving behind being rescued from at the end of the episode there's the same exact shot with baby yoda he's framed the same way but his rescuer is now mando and he is now part of this mm. tribe and that, I think, is what love is in the purest form. You know, we all start born into these tribes. Mm. We all sit around a camp f- 
vampire but eventually we we outgrow it and we move on into the dark dark world and then we find and we build a new campfire for ourselves and then our new tribe is whom we choose mm. to sit by that campfire with us and that is essentially what love is it's not this predestined thing it's a choice uh, and that's why I think we love the Mandalorian why it's so universal why people around the world um, are adoring these characters and why we root so hard for them despite you know one's face being constantly covered by a helmet the other one being a puppet mm-hmm. uh, these are not human faces we're looking at most of the time but we're so eager to see this particular partnership lead Star Wars into the future or you know whatever a long time ago in a Star Wars galaxy far far away um, as we move on to season mm. two yes good point I love it Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and and I'm very excited. There's a lot of room for error, and I think that's what's great yeah. about it. Is uh, and, and every other Star Wars show, it feels like they're they're walking a very thin line, and there's a lot they can screw up. But here, it's like I don't care if they waste an episode goofing around on Tatooine. Right. I just love these two characters so yeah. much. Yes, agreed. But before we continue, Tommy, I want to thank the people who helped us make this episode. Support for mm-hmm. Wookie Leaks is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. This show may be named after Wookiees, but nobody wants to look like Chewbacca downstairs. And you certainly don't want to be worried about injuring yourself when you try to shave your pubes in under 12 parsecs. Yes, I know it's a unit of distance and not time, but uh, some of us are that long. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting their greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the just-released new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. It's waterproof. It has a 90-minute battery. It has a little LED light there so that you can see what you're doing down there. It's like a little light for trimming up your big old lightsaber. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code MANDALORIAN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code MANDALORIAN. All right, Tommy, what are the big questions we have leading into the Mandalorian season Ooh, two. Well, for me, Eric, I need to talk about the Darksaber and I need I need your uh, your uh, Jedi master training as I, and I will be your apprentice on this. Why is it so important? Where was it last seen? And how did Moff Gideon get it? Okay, this is probably the biggest uh, unknown heading into the season, but we do know a bit of the history of the Darksaber. So the Darksaber is basically the sacred sword of the Mandalorian people. It was, uh, it was the sword of Tar Vizsla back in ancient times he was uh the first mandalorian jedi mm. before the mandalorians and the jedi have been at war with mm. each other uh that's something that the armor alluded to they consider them sorcerers and wizards which they're not wrong the jedi are freaky wizards mm. and maybe we're better off without mm. them but uh but yeah they were at war with each other but tar Vizsla was kind of this uniting figure uh and he forged this dark saber and it's been passed down uh well at one point it was in the uh the jedi temple but there was like another war and they sieged it and they got the the saber mm. back but since then it's been passed down through mandalorian families uh and you see it in uh the clone wars animated series where where house of isla still has mm. it uh and it's kind of this awesome blade because it just started as an aesthetically cool looking thing where it's like black instead mm. of a you know a different color mm. uh which means tommy it is all the colors yes. or none of the colors all the colors it's all, all of the colors, the colors. All the colors. Ah. Um, but <laughs> ah. <laughs> the, um, 
But this awesome betrayal happens with it throughout the Clone Wars series where Maul, you know, gets gets brought back into the show and he uh, tricks the Death Watch into letting him take over in a coup the Mandalore planet. Uh, and then he takes the throne for himself and he uses it to behead the people that helped him get there. It's a, it's a shocking, shocking thing. And it's last seen in the hands of Maul in the Clone Wars series. But then we also see in Star Wars Rebels, where it's further on in the timeline during the Galactic Civil War, and it is last seen chronologically in the hands of Mandalorian character Bo-Katan, as she is finally leading the Mandalorian people and uniting them. She holds the blade in the air, and everyone uh, drops their head and respect, and you think everything is fine. You think the world is set right again. No, 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 because something has happened. Something has happened since those events, and now we believe it is connected to this purge, this Night of a Thousand Tears that Moff Gideon has talked about. At some point, Moff Gideon's Imperial unit attacked whatever Bo-Katan was leading and took this sword from her. We were thinking that might mean she's dead, but Katie Sackhoff is coming into this season playing this character. Mm. So really, it's you can compare it to Game of Thrones, right? It's like seeing uh, Eddard Stark's sword ice in the hands of House Lannister. Mm. It just feels yes. wrong. It's a it's a sin against nature, the fact that this is in the hands of a non-Mandalorian. Some people say that uh, it could mean uh, Moff Gideon is a Mandalorian. Uh, I don't think mm. so. He is an outsider. He went, he took it in this purge, and it's really messed up that he has it. But it's uh, setting up this... Uh, dramatic showdown between him and the other Mandalorian characters on the show like uh, Din Djarin, uh, Bo-Katan, Sabine Wren, especially some of those other characters because they are native Mandalorians to get this sword back in the hands of Mandalorian people. Yeah, okay. Uh, certainly the Darksaber is going to be a, ma a massive point of contention this year, I would say. This season, we're going to have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a battle for the Saber, which is good. It can't always be all about that cute little baby Yoda. Sometimes we have to go after inanimate yeah. objects like swords. Uh, or swords <laughs> that have the spirits of warriors bound to them. Uh, okay, so yeah. I got a, I got another one for you. Uh, because again, you are, the, you, you are much more of an expert in the animated series than I am. So Rosario Dawson is joining the cast as Ahsoka Tano, the ex-Jedi yeah. from the animated series. The character was last seen in the Clone Wars finale, dueling Maul and parting ways with Anakin as Order 66 went out. Chronologically, she was last seen in Rebels, leaving with Sabine Wren in search of Ezra Bridger. How will Ahsoka tie into Mando Season 2? So, with Ahsoka Tano, it's most important to know that yes, she was a member of the Jedi Order at one point. She was Anakin's apprentice. Mm -hmm. um, she has left the Jedi Order and she feels betrayed by the Jedi. There was a, a dramatic moment at the end of Season 5 where she was framed for uh, a crime. The Jedi did not have her back, uh, but she was wrongfully accused and she never forgot that. Even though she had this strong friendship with Anakin Skywalker, they did reunite in uh, the Clone Wars final season, which, which came out earlier this mm -hmm. year. Uh, on Disney Plus, and they did have this nice moment uh, together right before they they parted ways forever. And then in the final shot of the Clone Wars, he was still searching for her um, on some icy covered planet. And then we know uh, chronologically later in Rebels, they do uh, face each other again. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking Mandalorian season two won't necessarily pick up that search for Ezra Bridger as much because I, I don't think Ezra might be that important, even though Dave Filoni is is uh, the executive producer mm -hmm. of the Mandalorian. I, I feel like that search whatever that was will be over and and she's going to have some new mission maybe to maintain the last vestiges of the jedi order mm. luke skywalker is canonically alive right. at this point in star wars history i don't know if mark hamill will tie into it i think
think it'd be awesome if Luke Skywalker yeah. showed up. But I think what Ahsoka is going to be, she's obviously going to recognize Baby Yoda as a connection to Yoda. She knew Yoda. She had a lot of time with him. She's going to be able to provide that history mm. to, to Din Djarin to explain the significance of this mm. race. Um, however, I don't think she's going to be the same kind of like a Jedi guru in the same way other um, lost Jedi are. I think she might be something similar to what Luke Skywalker was in The Last Jedi. I think she's going to be bitter. Mm. Uh, I think she's going to be resentful of her Jedi teachings. And I think she's going to look at someone like Baby Yoda and say, I don't want history to restart right now. Um, the, the Jedi history, you know, you could say indirectly led to the downfall of the Senate. Um, they had some dogmatic ways that I think we're better off without. And that could put her in conflict with uh, Mando as he tries to reunite Baby Yoda with the Jedi. She's going to say, don't you dare do that. Yeah. I like the idea of her being bitter and kind of, I mean, that is kind of a theme is like all these Jedis that that, 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 that get cast away or, or are forced into exile end up not happy <laughs> and end up like with a yeah. lot of regret. It totally feels oh, yeah. like, uh, l- like it's like being a part of... Uh, I don't even know like what the the proper like real world analogy would be like a like a like a corrupt multi level marketing company or something like that where you're like we oh, had a yeah. lot of fun while we were in it but once I got out of it once I was clear of it by you know a few years I was like that was pretty messed up what we did and uh, yeah yeah or it's gonna be like the people they interview for Wild Wild Country yeah. they're like yeah, yeah I was I was in it I understood the teachings <laughs> right. at the time but now looking back what were we there drinking? was a lot of like it was like sixty percent helpful things and then forty percent very dangerous <laughs> cult like. Commands, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Tommy, we also know that Boba Fett is going to be coming into this season, which is very exciting yes. because uh, uh, we everyone loves Boba Fett. We've been dying to see him yeah. be resurrected from the Sarlacc, and as we said, this is after Return of the Jedi, so it presumes that he escaped the Sarlacc. Right. So, uh, what do we think Boba Fett's role is going to be? Well, for one, we now have. Uh, concrete possibilities of uh, concrete possibilities is such a great manipulative statement because it means nothing that, pa- that, that some of Patton Oswalt's uh, theories from Parks and Rec could come true so, so we're getting exactly. closer and closer to that uh, I think that you know the idea of having Boba Fett come back is what else is he coming back for than to exact some sort of revenge on someone right like isn't like this is like sure. he's now seemingly been wronged by all sides so he doesn't necessarily have a, a dog in any current fight going on but i think uh-huh. we'll probably find out that there's someone in the direct uh mandalorian universe who has who he has a score to settle with and that will it'll mm. probably i don't know how much of him we're going to get this season or and, and I, I mean it could be he could be a, 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 in a lot but i would imagine it might be more of just a, a a smaller moment of like this is boba fett boba fett's coming in to do this and it's like it's to it's to move the story along in a very distinct way whether it's to uh give give a character more backstory and like blow out how they they might have come across boba fett before or to cause them to do something that will that will move the story forward so i don't i don't know i i think there's just so many things he could be i just i see it as him coming and getting revenge on someone what do you think oh i i, I do agree in that it will probably be more of a cameo yeah. than like a recurring multi-episode yeah. role yeah. um just because he is so much part of uh star wars past i mean even predating the ahsoka tano dark saber stuff mm-hmm. they're bringing in the show like he is from the old old school mm-hmm. so um while i love that boba fett is coming on to the show so 
so much of what Boba Fett represented thematically to the Star Wars universe, the Mandalorian is absolutely taking and running with this idea of a masked bounty hunter mm-hmm. who's just a badass man of few words. It's very much Western inspired. Um, now, uh, I've talked about in videos how there was a Tatooine episode in season one where it ended with that cryptic ending that we never got more information on, where, as you mentioned, Fennec Shand was caught by this mystery man who we've listened to some of the sound design. Some people think that it does sound like the the boots and the beeping armor mm-hmm. that, that Boba Fett had in the original trilogy. Um, and he would be on Tatooine, so that kind of makes sense. Some people have looked at the, the trailer footage for the second season, and uh, and myself included. It kind of looks like you see some of uh, Boba Fett's Durasteel armor on the back of the speeder bike. Mm. We'll, we'll see. And I see Boba Fett bringing two things into this. One, a foil, a comparison point to Din Djarin. What would it look like if Din Djarin had nothing to fight for? You could become this mm. guy, a, a crusty old bounty hunter mm. uh, collecting um, carbonite bodies yeah. on, in some weird hut in Tatooine. Yes. Uh, and you could just do this for the rest of your life. But Mando's like, uh, do I really want that? No, I kind of love having this new tribe. I'm part of a clan of two, mm. uh, so I don't want to become that. But secondly, uh, there's still a lot of theories about uh, Baby Yoda's origin. And even though Kuil said in season one that he doesn't think Baby Yoda was genetically engineered because Kuil says he worked on gene farms, um, there's still a lot of theories that there may be some ties to Kamino. Mm. Uh, just because that character, Dr. Pershing, had a patch that was distinctively the Kamino patch. Mm. Uh, and we know these world builders and these Star Wars shows are deliberate with their iconography, oh, yeah. so that had to have meant something. Yes. So we might return to Kamino, and we know that Boba Fett lived a lot of his life on Kamino. He was originally a clone of Jango Fett, mm-hmm. uh, and Jango Fett's like, no, give me this one. I want a son, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird to raise a, yeah. a genetically yeah. identical version I of yourself as a son. It's real but, chip off the old block. An actual chip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, both that would understand things about the way the Camino cloning facility works mm. and maybe be able to shed some light on, even if that's not where Baby Yoda came from, maybe that is what the Empire is uh, using because we know that uh, Palpatine was cloned mm. and that was something that in The Rise of Skywalker they uh, they brought back. Um, so maybe it'll shed some light on the early stages of that conspiracy. Yeah. We'll see. I like it. Either way, uh, whatever happens, we're getting Boba Fett back, which is certainly exciting for any Star Wars fan. Now, Eric, I got to talk to you about the new planets that it seems like we're getting in season two. We have a water covered plant. I'm so, did I say plant? We have a water covered (laughs) planet that could be Moncala. We have an ice covered planet that could be Ilum. Why why are these locations important? Uh, We'll see. We just see a water covered planet that has some Mon Calamari and some Corin on it that people are like, well, it's probably Moncala. There's a couple different water covered planets that it could be, Uh but um, I would love to see Moncala just because it's one of the more fascinating parts of the uh, the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, Admiral Akbar is a, is a Mon Calamari. Mm-hmm. They're these uh, crustacean creatures. Uh, the currency that uh, that Karga tried to pay Amando in in the first episode had a it was like a, it was a Mon Cala mm-hmm. um, currency. So I was hoping that maybe we'll see it at some point. Yeah. Um. But but I'm more interested in this ice covered planet. The reason we think it's Ilum is because if you look at the trailer, there is this huge cracked canyon in it, and Ilum is an important source of kyber crystals. These are the things that power lightsabers mm. uh the jedi would bring um uh, younglings here and and they'd get kyber crystals and they'd build their own lightsabers and then ilum is what the first order uh turned into the star killer base ah yeah the 
planet itself was actually mined and terraformed decades, decades earlier, but it wasn't until at some point after Return of the Jedi, after the Battle of Jakku, when the First Order started to uh, rise up in the Unknown Regions, they came upon Ilum and then started to complete that terraforming process. Mm -hmm. I think we might come in right in the middle of that handover of the planet uh, and just to see the rise of the First Order, just because long, long before the first episode of, of season one came out, uh, they did confirm, it was either uh, it was either John Favreau or Dave Filoni, did confirm that this series would shed light on the origins of the First Order ah. that has not come up yet in uh, no. season one of The Mandalorian. So I think at some point, this, this could be what gives us that backstory. Uh, I, I certainly think the the rise of the first order was so jarring in in uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. You're like, what? They just like they they took out Hosnian Prime. They took out six yeah. planets or whatever yeah. at once. Yeah. That's insane. I think uh, I think finding out more of how they got to be so powerful is is necessary for those of us that are like just need logic in our in our yes. sci-fi fantasy movies. Yeah. It's like I just need to know yeah, yeah, why yeah. this was able to to happen. <laughs> how did we get here? Why? So Tommy, I want to know from you. Uh, what big twist are we expecting this season? <laughs> season one had a couple big yeah. twists. Um, Baby Yoda was a twist. Right. We didn't know was going to be in this. Uh, the dark saber's a big twist. What do you think is going to be here in season two? I think the twist is going to be a uh, a familiar face that is uh, going to be used as a tool to tie in another Disney Plus series that's coming. And that is that I believe Han Solo is going to come up in Mandalorian oh, cool. season two. Now, we know that there is a Lando series in development at Disney Plus with Donald Glover. But I think that this is an opportunity for them. I mean, Han Solo's out there right now. Uh, maybe a newly wedded bliss with Leia. Things haven't gone south yet. Based on this timeline, I would guess maybe Ben is either about to be born or has just been born or will be born sometime in the next few years. So everything is going fine for Han Solo now. He's General Solo, right? So perhaps uh -huh. we will see him come in in some sort of like, uh, like uh, it would be kind of funny to see him coming in like an administrative or bureaucratic reason. Like he's co he's coming <laughs> into like, not to use law and order, but he's coming into like maintain or like quell some sort of disturbance but i think that it'll be kind of a like uh like a surprise appearance from han solo to basically blow out that these universes obviously this is all part of much more simpler than any sort of marvel or dc universe Th these people are all existing at the same time around each other so yeah. I, I, I'm no. predicting a Han Solo appearance this year. What about you? Um, I have a similar idea, um, but they have to do some time jumps in order to make it work. Um, we know that uh, the Kenobi series is starting. Mm, Ewan McGregor yeah. is going to be shooting his own spinoff series. Of course, canonically at this point, uh, Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi died. He died back in A New right. Hope, uh, which is years before when this takes right. place. But we are going to see Boba Fett, right. right? So Boba Fett definitely has an axe to grind with uh, with Ben Kenobi. He uh battled with his father Django on Kamino. Right. So I it'll be interesting to see if there is some kind of flashback where Boba Fett, once he became of age, he tried to track down uh, oh, Obi-Wan yes. Kenobi and they got in another fight and you can just yes. see like some kind of backstory where it would still be, uh, you know, rather than Alec Guinness age, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi would be uh, Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, some point maybe during the Clone Wars yes. uh, where these two ran into each other and just had kind of a, re uh, not a rematch, uh, because Boba Fett was in Slave 1 when he was yeah. shooting at him, but, right. um, but I'd love to see some kind of backstory just to kind of set up that that new universe because i'm it. very excited about the ewan mcgregor show yes me too yes hello there. hello there <laughs>
Um, well, we're going to close out uh, with a new segment we're going to do here at New Rock Stars, our gift wrap. Woo! So it is the holiday season. It's a season of gift giving. Here at WookieLeaks, it is the season of gift no tea giving yes. uh it's the wookie leaks gift wrap no one has a better gift game than baby yoda let's be mm -hmm. honest and each week here's what we're gonna do we're gonna rank the top giftable moments from the episode we already got a great nope yeah. gift from baby yoda in the season two trailer yes. uh, but here were our top three from season one mm. coming in at number three we got Baby Yoda, Lonely Walk. Oh, <laughs> sad little Baby Tucker. Yoda. <laughs> mm, someone will come pick you up soon. Uh, all right, coming in at number two, we got from the finale episode, Baby Yoda laughing on the speeder bike. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. I felt that way on a jet ski. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Coming from Florida, we call that jet ski giggle. <laughs> And then flies fly in your mouth, and you're like, life is terrible. Yeah. But not Baby Yoda. He loved he that. It. And then, of course, coming in at number one, we got Baby Yoda sipping tea. We know this yes. one. Uh, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Slurp it up. <laughs> Good, Baby Yoda. Warm up yeah, with that you tea, your buddy. Tea. Uh, well, we want you every week to send us your favorite Baby Yoda gif each week mm. with the hashtag WookieLeaks. And remember, in WookieLeaks, that is 2E in Wookie. Mm. You nerf herder. Yes. And we'll try to feature it in the episode. Yes. We want to hear from you guys. So a reminder that I'm still going to do the standard Easter egg breakdown of each episode in addition to these after show episodes. You can get two pieces of Mando Whoa. content at least each week. Yes. Uh, so uh, and that more in-depth breakdown will come out after the after show. And Tommy and I can verify from our Hollywood escapades, after parties are cool, after after parties are cooler. Yes. And then after 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 parties, um, go to rehab. Yeah, no, those aren't good. When you're uh, when yeah. you're watching the sun come up on a Tuesday morning, you've gone too far. <laughs> too far, too far. Just dial it back. <laughs> Throttle back, friend. Okay, that is it for this preview episode of WookieLeaks Mandalorian Season 2. We will be back next week with our reaction to Season 2, Episode 1 one on Disney Plus. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Tommy, thanks for breaking this down with Eric, me. Eric, my absolute pleasure. Let's restore peace to the galaxy. Subscribe, of course, to New Rockstars here on YouTube and subscribe to the Wookie Leaks podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. And do us a favor, leave us a nice little rating and review. It'll really help us get this out there. See you all next week and we, we have, have spoken. spoken. <laughs>